Welcome, everybody. Once again, we are back. We are the Collar and Elbow Wrestling Podcast. I am Kenny Oak. Of course, you already knew that, but one thing you probably didn't know is that I'm joined by Chris Harris today. That's dumb. They knew that, Bubs. I run did, did the they, show. Did they really? I'm the voice of the show. I don't know. Are you the, the voice? Because the best okay. perspective on this show. So you that. have a perspective, yes. Anyway, Bob. Best is really pushing it. It's between the two of us. It's a fifty-fifty chance. So I'm going to take those odds and That's we'll a just good work, point. we'll just work the crowd on this one, okay? <laughs> yes, but. You know, we've got some big things happening. We are on the road to SummerSlam. We are coming pretty close to our exit. We've actually, I'm getting close to turning my blinker on. There you go. And we've got some things to talk about before we get there. Am I right? We have, I think, several things to talk about. We're doing this a little early, which there could create some more things to talk about. But a lot of stuff is happening. Why aren't you pleased? I mean, that's just you, you, got you know what? Say? It's ir- it's irrelevant. It is for is the show, it is. isn't it? Yes. All right. So, anyway, let's let's move on. We've got uh, quite a bit to talk about in a short amount of time. So let's just hop in. We we are like I mentioned on the road to SummerSlam. Uh, what? How do you feel it's going right now? Uh, a lot of stuff has my interest. I'm going to tell you that. Because at a major pay-per-view like this, I want some some really authentic feuds. And even though they recently just started up Samoa Joe versus Styles, it's gotten good so far. Joe can cut a promo. He's already got me invested in the personal angle in two weeks. So I'm behind that. And it's a long card. So there's a little bit in here that everyone can like, I think. But some stuff that's also just meh. Now I agree with that assessment that there are some things that we can we can like so far, much like the AJ Styles Samoa Joe feud that we are getting for the WWE title. Imagine saying that ten years ago. No way. Ten years ago, that AJ Styles versus Samoa Joe would take place at SummerSlam for the WWE title. It, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't. These guys are, they go back a long ways. They're even throwing that stuff into the promos now as they're building up the feud against each other, talking about how they go way back. So that's something I would not have thought of at all. But this is, it's great that it's happening at SummerSlam. Big major event. Joe finally gets a shot here at AJ Styles at SummerSlam. So that part I'm definitely invested in. The rest of the card, there is some stuff in here that I also like beyond that. Also some stuff that I could care less about as well, Bubs. Oh, so... You say you've got some things that you could, you know, care less about. What are some of the things that you are least, I guess, least excited about in this build to SummerSlam? Uh, first and foremost, Constable Baron Corbin and Finn Balor. That, Ooh, I, I like Constable Corbin. That I, will, I think that has room to grow. That that could have some potential. Since he shaved his head, I've definitely paid more attention to him again. Um, but I mean, they, they've got some interesting chemistry together. I think the match will be fine, but I don't care about the feud. Um, it seems just put together for the sake of putting it together to make sure that Balor can get on the card because they don't know what they're ever going to do with Corbin, it seems. And I don't necessarily care about the the tag team championships, the SmackDown tag team championships, at least at, at, least at this point, because the Raw championships aren't on the card just yet. 
But uh, the match is currently going on as we're recording this to see who will face the Bludgeon Brothers, whether it be the New Day or the Bar. So the feud between whomever wins and the Bludgeon Brothers isn't built. So I don't know if I care about that just yet. Which that just goes to show me, I can go ahead and throw an early prediction out there that the Bludgeon Brothers will be retaining Good at retain. SummerSlam. Yeah. Um, they need to keep building up the Bludgeon Brothers. They are one of those just big, you know, heel tag teams that can just hold the titles for a while. So I'm I'm okay with that. I'm I'm excited about the prospects. You're a big Luke Harper fan. Sure, big guy. He's one of your, you know, he'd be he'd be in your your Fat Five. Yeah, you know, your Fat Five, whatever, guys. whatever Charles Barkley calls it. Sure. Um, but. <laughs> Uh, going back to, to Corbin, Constable Baron Corbin, the Constable of Raw put in place by Stephanie McMahon to oversee everything that Kurt Angle does, yeah, according we... to his promo on Monday. Uh, he He's getting better on the mic, for sure. Um, having him standing side-by-side, side, you know, face-to-face to Roman Reigns just shows you just how big of a man Huge Baron human Corbin being. He's, he's very is. tall. At least tall. He may not fill out very wide, but he certainly shows that he was once trying to be in the NFL and he can cer- could certainly compete in legitimate contests of physicality because he's a huge human being, Bubs. He, he's big. He dwarfs Kurt Angle. And Speaking of Kurt Angle, have, did you see the, the reports lately about Kurt Angle saying that he wouldn't mind another run with the title? Uh, well, I've, I've read some stuff about that. There's also been a lot of chatter. So Garbage. When, when that report came out, I don't know who put that out, but then the the internet ran with it a little bit, and everybody started bashing him, of course, a little too far. But uh, he doesn't need to do anything like that. I was hoping that him getting F5 didn't lead to him at all, saying I could take right. Brock one more time or something to that effect, because that would be I mean, awful. The less angles in the ring at this point in his career, the better for him and for all of us because I mean I know you were kind of excited about the prospects of him coming back and you know wrestling getting into the ring and when he did it was just it it, it wasn't what we were were hoping to see it was kind of you know almost sad to see it almost is a little sad to see cuz he's he's my guy and he stands there in the ring and you can see his knees bent at a comfortable angle so he can even stand comfortably so that's not going to be a thing anymore, him in the ring. And if they do, they'll try to protect him. You know, they did that with him being part of the Shield. Right. Nonsense. So, I don't know. I, I like him-ish as the as the general manager, but sometimes he even messes up a, a promo or two. But I'm fine where he's at. I just really don't want to see him in the ring anymore because I'd like to remember him for what he was, putting on legendary stuff against Guerrero and Shawn Michaels and even Brock. So... Yeah. yeah, I mean, Kurt, Kurt Angle, can he's one of those guys that can just rest on his laurels. He's a guy who can just sit back and enjoy the fruits of his labor because he's put in some amazing work in the ring. He's he's put in, you know, not, not just in WWE either. He's had some great matches in TNA mm-hmm. with the likes of Samoa Joe and AJ Styles. But... You know that there comes a point in time. Father time always wins, no matter what. And it's either like, like, like they say, you you live long enough to to see yourself become the villain. And when people wrestle too long, like Ric Flair, you know, it kind of just ruins ruins the mystique of their career. Yeah, 
that's fair. Had Flair been able to retire based on his personal situations after he lost to HBK, people would, everybody would consider him, you know, greatest without concepts of, of even bringing anybody else into that into that conversation. But he had to go do other things, you know, to make make financial ends meet and you know various other things. So he's he's a good example of that. I don't think Kurt will ever get into that. I don't. I honestly expect him to actually get in the ring again, but it, hopefully in that tag team concept or being part of a Survivor Series six-man team. I'm okay with that, but I just don't want him to be getting any type of push by any means towards something or taking up a legitimate feud from anybody else. That'd be awful. Yeah, and, and I'm glad that we kind of brought up the whole, like you brought up Ric Flair and, you know, there's Hulk Hogan, Kurt Angle, all these guys that, you know, once they were way not even not just over the hill but so far over the hill that they were almost at base camp that <laughs> they they ended up in a little place called the impact zone they did um where amazing careers go to die a lot of careers went to die cuz yeah. money cuz good and money or where legends or legends go to die really yeah. um and and it it seems like once that started, once they started to try to become, well, not not when they always try to be WWE light, but once Vince Russo took over and you had all of these over the hill wrestlers coming from WWE, these Hall of Famers coming over, that's when really TNA and Impact just it, it took a nosedive in quality and in my opinion, just hasn't recovered, and I still don't think it will recover based on what I see on a week-to-week basis. Now, there's fans out there that will praise Impact no matter what just because it's it's not WWE, and it's the cool thing to do. Yeah. But uh, I, I try. Every week, I try to watch it, and every week, no matter what, I end up just turning it off pretty early on. Um, I it takes me the entire week just to try to watch a two-hour episode. Yeah. Okay. I, we, we did want to bring this up because it, it's in, in, an interesting thing to talk about because about three weeks ago, maybe a month ago, whenever Slammiversary happened, the pay-per-view itself was outstanding. And some of the highlights and stuff that I've seen and, and some of the full matches, it certainly deserves that, that kind of talk. That the, the event itself, singular by itself, was very good. And... Uh, you sent me an article, was it two days ago, I think? Right. That um, talked about the the number of watches, basically the viewer numbers for TNA, for their tapings, for Impact, whatever. Yeah, yeah. that the 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 ratings just continue to, to take a dip. You know, everyone talked about Slammiversary, you know, and, you know, it was a good show. I'll give it that. People seem to have really absolutely loved it, and they just want to sink their teeth into it. Yeah. But that hasn't generated to viewership. On and TNA is not a, is is not solely a pay per view driven company. They have weekly TV that they have to fill. They have weekly TV that they have to try and get sponsors for. Right. And without ratings, they don't get those sponsors, and they don't get that TV time. And so the fans that claim to be you know in love with Impact. Uh, are not showing their support in a way that will keep the company financially viable. Yeah. 
And it brings up an interesting point, and I've been forcing you to think about this for a couple days because I wanted to really you talk about been, it. Yes. Is Slammiversary can't be a one-off thing that, that drives the success of, of the brand for Impact. So on a weekly basis, you say that you turn it on and you give it a chance and you see what's out there, right? So hard. And, and, I, and I really don't. It is not something I look forward to. I turn it on every now and then at best. And if something happens, I go look it up afterwards. But what really is it that – so let's, let's think of it like this. What okay. drives you and me to watch Raw or SmackDown live every week? What do you, what do you look forward to? Uh, that, see, that's a good question because I, there's a lot of times where I find it hard to watch fully watch a full episode of Raw and SmackDown. Right. Well, Raw more than SmackDown, I can sit through SmackDown. They have you know superior storytelling and, and some of the better wrestlers. Yeah. Uh, but really, it, it's, it's the characters. It's the more realistic storylines and just the better overall wrestling. Okay, and when I thought about that question earlier, that, it was a good way for me to phrase it because I, when I was trying to compare Impact versus the TV that, that uh, WWE puts on, and it really is the people that I can look forward to seeing. So on on Monday nights, I look forward to seeing Dolph and McIntyre and Rollins, right? And, yes. and everybody in between that, that I like, people I can relate to, people I've known for years. But Impact, they don't have that. They don't have... They're, they're a smaller promotion, obviously, so it's, it's hard to right. say that that's fair. But there's really they're nothing... They're a smaller promotion, but they, they want to be portrayed as a big deal. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I like the guy. I think he's got some talent. But if Sammy Callahan is, yeah. you know, main eventing your show... Great heel. Then, yeah. Yeah, to, to an extent. You know, he's a great heel in, in the indie promotions. I loved watching mm-hmm. him when he was in NGW over in, in Britain, but as a, I, it's just, the issue that I have with Impact is that it wants to be taken seriously as a major promotion, but portrays itself as an independent promotion. Right. You can't have your cake and eat it too. And when I thought about what would draw me to watch their product, it's been, there's been a lot of talk, internet talk at least, that Chris Jericho has thought about appearing on Impact TV. And if there's one thing that would make me at least pay attention to an episode or two is Chris Jericho showing up to impact. Oh, I would certainly watch that. I would watch if he got in the face of Sammy Callahan and started a feud with him. I would watch their pay-per-views because I will watch anything John Morrison does. Johnny Impact, Johnny Lucha, oh, yeah. Johnny, Johnny Underground, Johnny anything. Johnny right? Mundo Johnny is Mundo, the man. Whatever he wants to be, I'll pay attention to him. So yes. there's limited star power that really draws me to, to watch it week in and week out. This isn't the main event mafia anymore. There yeah. aren't there aren't guys that I would tune in back in the day to watch Booker T show up. I I would watch Kevin Nash show up or Kurt Angle. I mean, who else was in that bitch? Fucking Kurt Angle, Scott, Scott Steiner. But here's the thing. The thing about that is that the money mm-hmm. to bring it. I don't think Impact has the money to bring in a guy like Jericho. I don't think they do, especially long term. And. And Jericho's, you know, he's, if, if you listen to his podcast, you listen to, uh, he just did a podcast with Jim Ross, and he talked about how he's kind of got a Brock Lesnar deal in New Japan. Yeah. Uh, he, he praises Brock Lesnar for the deal that he, he has, and he's like, he's talking about the deal that he has in Japan, you know, Fozzie's doing great, 
Mm-hmm. They've got a lot of stuff going on, so he can take the time to be with Fozzie, and then it's like, oh, now I'm going to go and defend my Intercontinental Championship. Yep, and the fact that New Japan would do that for him, it brings star power, because we're all going to watch his matches. We all know him. Mm-hmm. We all love him here in the West. And they put the title on him, the their second most relevant title. They throw it on a guy who's going to show up sporadically, probably at major pay-per-views, and mostly be in feuds to get people over, because that's what he does at this point in his career. So when he finally drops that IC title, it's going to be you know for something important. And right. if, he, if he were to go to Impact, yes, I would pay attention. If they threw the title on him somehow, if Austin Aries decided to drop a title to him, I'm okay with that. I'd watch it, but that's not a long-term thing. So them building yeah. relevant characters that I can care about long-term really is the problem. Austin Aries is a long-term thing. He had success there. He also showed up in WWE, right? And now he's back touring the world as the belt collector, and he's doing fine with that. But outside of him, I'm lukewarm on Eddie Edwards. I don't think Sammy Callahan, Callahan is a great wrestler. I think he's a good heel. His character's fine. But that's I need a little bit more than that. So it's just and, not enough for me. Yeah, and that that's where I think we're in agreement is that there there's definitely something missing. Uh, what exactly that is, I can't, you know completely put my finger on it but we were kind of hinting at what we want to see which is kind of because when tna was at its best it had some of the not only the best wrestlers you know in the business but they were putting on some of the best matches when you have christopher daniels aj styles samoa joe you know in the ring together you're gonna have magic yeah you have kurt angle versus aj styles kurt angle versus samoa joe uh Samojo versus Chris, just 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 the people that they had in that in that 2005 to 2000, I, I'm gonna say like seven eight time frame when they were at their peak. It, it, they did it with just pure wrestling skill. Yeah. When they tried to go over the top with storylines, it was just kind of ho hum. You kind of rolled your eyes like, oh, there there they are trying to be like WWE. But once they got in between the the ropes and wrestled that's what set them apart and now they they don't really have that quality in wrestling just because they're they're trying to portray themselves as this indie product so that way they can get the the backing of the hardcore fans but what you don't realize is that hardcore fans don't keep wrestling promotions alive no just ask ecw yeah hardcore fans will do whatever it takes to get the product and what that means is that they're they may or may not pay for the product and they're certainly not going to tune in necessarily every week to give you all those those numbers. You need the casual really fans. Need. Yeah. So really what we're asking for is we're saying that we want star power, but there really is no outside free agent star power in this world. There's Chris Jericho, who has the ability to walk where he pleases because he's earned that. And there's a few people that work you know, in Japan and ROH that can do other deals here and there. So right. but even saying that, there's not many people... There's a handful of people, I'll say, that would draw my attention to to tune into Pop TV to watch a TNA taping, Impact taping, uh, from Japan or from Ring of Honor that would make me care about their product. They need more right. than just that one care. They need a few people. They need a legitimate few. They need cross-promotional work. And, and here's, here's my rankings of the promotion. So in my opinion, there is a clear in the world, there's a clear one and two. WWE and New Japan are clearly the top in the world. Right. Internationally, it's one WWE, New Japan two. And 
with New Japan's expansion, it, they'll, I don't think any other promotion will ever be on the level of WWE. It's just too much of a machine. It's too much all over the world. Yeah. Um, but New Japan, in my opinion, is a clear number two in the entire world. Very clear. Now, And everything else beyond and, that is, is, is far apart. Yeah. But th- there's a clear number three, in my opinion. Really? And that's Ring of Honor. Okay. Ring of Honor is a clear number three. In the, it's, it's a clear number two in the U.S. I think Impact is, is the number three promotion in the U.S. Okay. Because look at, look at the talent that ROH brings in. ROH can, they have a working relationship with New Japan, so they can bring in the Kenny Omegas, the, the Cody Rhodes, uh, just these big-name guys. You, you've got Jay Lethal there. Some of the best, you know, ROH is putting on much better in-ring product than uh, Impact because they know that they are an independent promotion. They're not trying to portray themselves as a huge major promotion. They know, they know what their niche is, and they just go for it 100. percent And right. because of that, they put on a much better product. Their TV product, it, it's not great, but in the ring, there, there's really no comparison right now. And I think it's fair to say I, I didn't think about ranking Impact versus Ring of Honor because I, I didn't think that they necessarily mattered. But you are right, Ring of Honor with their deal with New Japan. They, they've really set themselves up to keep expanding at least a little bit, and more so internationally, I think, because they reached an agreement a few months ago to put on the G1 Supercard next year in Madison Square Garden with New Japan. And now you see the WWE trying to counter that a little bit here and there because they've never seen you know Ring of Honor make such a, an outlandish you know booking event at Madison Square Garden. That's going to be April of next year with New Japan. So that's a big step for Ring of Honor. And... Really, all we've seen Impact do is work with Lucha Underground, which does put on good matches. But I think a lot of us still view Lucha Underground as a TV series product that we're going to watch instead of a a wrestling product. And I've I've been able to get past that and and view it as a wrestling independent promotion because of of the storylines and how they book it. But it's very much a a TV series more than anything. So I guess you are right. They're they're sitting in that fourth spot kind of alone by themselves. Yeah, and I'm glad we got into this discussion. Um, I have to admit, I w- I've been racking my brain since you've asked me, and that was one of the, the big things that you wanted to kind of bring up in this show is how how do you make something like Impact better? And you know, like we talked about, you know, there there's there's definitely holes there. Uh, the talent's not what it used to be. And just the television product is is for me at times unwatchable. Yeah, and and you try to watch it every week, so I'm hoping that they do get better. Like you and I, we we talk more negatively than we do positively of the brand, honestly. <laughs> but if they can bring in people that make us care and do that while making other people more relevant, like creating stars in the Eddie Edwards, for an example, or Brian Cage continues to get better things like that, then I'm going to start to care about the product. Uh, until then, Bubs, they're going to be an indie indie promotion that puts on a pay-per-view for me. And that's really yes. it. But uh, I do wish them and, the best, uh, and I hope they can they can keep getting better. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, the more wrestling we get, the better. And there will never be another competition to WWE like WCW was. Yeah. But the more wrestling out there, the more places where people can go 
and get, you know, hone their craft, you know, make some money is always a good thing. But moving on uh, to really the meat and potatoes of of our discussion here today, and that is SummerSlam. Uh, we're going to knock out some uh, takeover and SummerSlam. So, Bubs, this is kind of where I, I let you uh, take over. So why don't you lead us down this? All right, I, I like that. We are going to get into predictions for both shows. It, it is a bit early, but we're going to go ahead and talk with them talk about them at least, and uh, the SummerSlam card is rather large at this point, but uh, I think we can talk about it, Bubs. It's right, sitting right now at 11 matches. There might be some more added, but uh, you ready to talk about these? Yeah, let's go ahead and go for it. There's, there's a lot of matches to get into, and okay. you know, let, let's not sit around and wait. Let's not. So let's start here. This, this just came up with, it let off SmackDown tonight, was... Uh, the Miz telling Daniel Bryan that he's going to allow him to wrestle him at SummerSlam, bub. So let's start off right there. Let's talk with your boy about your boy, Daniel Bryan. He's going with the Miz one on one here at SummerSlam. We've wanted this. I didn't think we'd get it just yet, but the feud has been built for years. So are you ready to see Miz and, and Daniel Bryan one on one? Now, some of the reports I was seeing was that if this match happens now at SummerSlam, then that means Daniel Bryan to sign his contract and if he did sign it then they would push it to Wrestlemania now WWE is not one for subtlety and you know pushing things off so they they, they know that SummerSlam needs uh, big matches so this match 100% makes a lot of sense to happen it needs to happen like you said we've been waiting for this for a long time since that Talking Smack yeah. segment 2016 I believe. Um, so yes, this is a match that needs to happen. Now's a great time to have it because SummerSlam needs big matches to to make some money. So um, I'm pretty pretty hyped about those two. And it's not going to be a one-off match. These guys are going to be feuding probably until WrestleMania. Yeah, that's what I want. I hope this goes to WrestleMania. I want a belt to be involved in this. So I don't know if we can get that involved. I don't know if the if the WWE Championship will fall to either one of these guys by that point. Probably not. But I'm excited for this. I'm excited for the match because I like their their chemistry. And Bubs, I got to be honest with you. I'm picking the Miz here. I I think for this feud to continue, you know, the Miz the Miz has to win right at SummerSlam. So. And I want this this feud to continue no matter what. So I'm going to go ahead and pick The Miz to win. All right. Now, I, I love that. I love that you can accept Daniel Bryan winning for the purpose of making a storyline go longer down the road <laughs> because this could have an amazing payoff. The feud has been great. The promos have been very good. It's very personal. So write that down, Bubs. Put us both in for The Miz starting it off. I don't think this match will lead off by any means, but I just wanted to talk with that match uh, early on with you to see what you felt about Daniel Bryan, all right? Yeah, this this is a match that's going to be towards the, the end of the night. It, it's something that people will be looking forward to, and I am definitely excited for where it goes after SummerSlam. So a couple things real quick that we're not going to see on the card just yet. We're not even going to predict, but I want to get him out of the way. I expect that Rusev will go one-on-one with our boy um, Andrade Cien Almas, or it could be a 
a mixed gender tag match between Lana and Rusev and, and Cian Almas and Vega. I could see that happening as well. It's not on here yet, but that's something easy to plug that in. Would be, that would definitely be an interesting match. And I, if that would happen, then Almas would definitely win. I would imagine there'd have to be a win in getting your boy Aiden English to again cause some type of nonsense to happen where they lose. It's all I Why need. Why is he my boy? I Why are these people? You always like put put people as my boys when <laughs> I, I want nothing to do with well, them. Well, Almas is your boy. How about that one? Let me. Almas is my boy. Okay. That's, that is true. They, we go way back. They have been going back and forth on the SmackDowns as of late, so I expect that to be added to the card. And... Uh, going forward, Bubs, let's talk. We mentioned Baron Corbin and Finn Balor earlier. Singles match once again. Who do you like here? Can this feud end? Can we see Corbin? Because Corbin's been involved in some top-notch stuff. He's been face-to-face with Brock. He's been face-to-face with Roman. He's yeah. in there with Kurt Angle every week. So is he moving he's, up? He's he. I don't know because I don't know where each person goes from here. Like, do they finally? With, you know, Brock potentially losing his universal title, uh, do they then put Finn Balor into that universal title scene since he's never actually lost his title? Uh, They kind of run that angle. Or do they give Corbin a win to to build his credibility? Uh, Balor has gotten the best of him on pay-per-view and in big matches, so... Uh, do they, with WWE's 50-50 booking, do they give it to Corbin now? Um, I'm going to go ahead and go with Balor um, just because I feel that he, he is a logical next step to the Universal title. Okay. So, and they might want to pursue that, so I'm going to go ahead and say Finn Balor. Balor. Okay, with this one, I'm really not interested in the feud. I want it to be over, but I'm very much intrigued in the Baron Corbin uh, piece here. Uh, I don't like Finn Balor. That's well documented, as JR would say, very well documented. I like him in the mid card, upper mid card at best. Give me Baron Corbin for the win here, Bubs, so that he can move, okay. move on and start dealing with that upper mid card. And maybe maybe few for the icy icy strap. Something like that. I gotta imagine he's gonna be face to face eventually with a Drew McIntyre, because that just makes sense in Vince McMahon's eyes. So we'll see where that goes because those are two behemoths and McIntyre should go face eventually and Corbin is very good as a heel. That's working really good for him. So I'll take Corbin, Bubs. All right, I'll go ahead and mark you down for Corbin. All right, put me down. So uh, most likely a pre-show match here. Once again, the Cruiserweight Championship, Bubs. Cedric Alexander, great in the ring. Been doing good things since he's won the Cruiserweight title. Drew Gulak recently just won a four-way, I think it was a fatal four-way, against uh, a Tommy. He's a waste of space nowadays. And TJP and Mustafa Ali. So, yeah, I don't mean to say it, but he just hasn't been what we expected, bubs. So what do you like here? Cruiserweight title. Again, I I mean to say it on the pre-show. Is that fair for this thing to continually be shoved on the pre-show? Yes. Okay. Why right now, yes, just because... No star power. There is no star power, and no one's watching 205 Live. I hate to say that I haven't watched an episode of 205 Live probably since its inception. Okay. And I'm not interested, like, at all. I like these guys as performers, but I'm just not... 
it's it's the same as what we talk about with some of these other promotions. Um, the stories just aren't there. The the emotional, I guess, impact that it has, for a lack of a better word, no pun intended, um, it's not there. And I just don't. When Neville was the cruiserweight champion, yes. that's when I cared most yep. cared about the cruiserweight division. Cared about it so much. I loved it. But now it's just I like Cedric Alexander, but that that's it. I just like him. I don't Right. I don't feel uh, I don't feel drawn to him. I don't feel a connection between him like I do with some of the some of the other stars on the on the roster. I think simply put, there is not enough stuff on 205 Live to go around to make us all care for it. Put that on a Raw or a SmackDown. Split it up between a Raw or a SmackDown. A year ago, or even eight months ago, put Drew Gulak out there telling us about a PowerPoint presentation on Hour 2 of Raw. I'm going to watch that segment. I promise you. Because he's interesting. He's interesting. Yes. And he's a little bit goofy, and I care about his character a little bit. I liked it. I, I liked his PowerPoint presentation. Yes. And the match work is usually it's decent to good every time. These guys usually know what they're doing. They can put on a good show. Yes. That is not enough for me to watch a 205 Live show brand by itself. Mix this in on my SmackDowns and my Raws. I'm going to pick the guys that I like. I'm going to watch their shit. And maybe even views will go up a little bit on Raw and SmackDown. But there's not enough for me to hang out late on a Tuesday to watch Alexander and Gulak continue their feud. Because they don't have a feud, it's it's. I'm waiting for the ring match, the, the match itself. So, I guess I'm. I didn't want to agree with you, but this is pre-show material, and I hate that, Bubs. A cruiserweight title used to mean a little bit more than this. The lightweight, the light heavyweight championship used to mean a little bit more than this back in the day, which was a Wednesday. So <laughs> I hate using the term "back in the day," but yeah. it's so apropos when you're talking about the cruiserweight title. It used to mean so much more much more back in WCW mm. not as much in WWE but there were still a lot of things about the Cruiserweight division that I loved in WWE I loved when Shane Helms you know was running the yes. running the show in the Cruiserweight division I loved Matt, Matt Hardy, Hardy loved trying Matt to Hardy lose weight to get I loved yeah. it when he was trying to lose weight with Shannon Moore to <laughs> to to challenge for the Cruiserweight title but but now there, there's just not much of interest. The characters aren't interesting at all and don't get you invested. And we've already talked way too much about it. We have. I'm going to go ahead and just pick Cedric Alexander and let's move on. Okay, I will take Drew Gulak for the point of going opposite well, you, okay. and I would like to see him hold a title because for the sake of character, I need him to be built up a little bit more because we've seen that he can cut a decent promo and carry a bit of a character, so let's put a title around him now. That is my argument. Let's move on. Put me down for Gulak, Bubs. All right, let's go. All right, Bubs. Let's talk about something interesting here. What if this happens? What if Kevin Owens beats Braun Strowman and takes his Money in the Bank briefcase? What if that happens? It would be genius, in my opinion. I think it would be... Uh, totally within the realm of Kevin Owens' character. Okay. Um, and he would only win by a, a disqualification or a countout. Right, he's not, there, he's not pinning Braun, right. No, not at all. And I think it would be absolutely brilliant if that happened. And then Braun can just go on and destroy people like he's been doing. But uh, I like the idea. I don't think it happens just because I think... 
what I'm going to predict in the main event uh, has to do with what's going to happen with that Money in the Bank briefcase. Okay, fair enough. I I would not want to see Kevin Owens take this title because Ed, or excuse me, the briefcase because as you just said. Braun goes back to just destroying people week in and week out. I'm over that. I am still ready for Braun at the top of the card. I'm still ready for Braun holding the Universal Championship, and that's really what I want. I want a Money in the Bank cash-in. I, I would be okay with Kevin Owens. You know I'm not the, his biggest fan, but he does a lot of things very well. So I would be okay with that. But we got to pick a winner here, Bub. So are you going with the safe bet being Braun, or are you doing some aggressive storyline booking early on here and you're going with Kevin Owens? I'm definitely going Braun Strowman with this just because I think on Monday night we're going to have the SummerSlam after or the, the Raw after SummerSlam is going to be the new Raw after WrestleMania where big things happen. Okay. And I think that's one of the big things that's going to happen. I like what you're talking about. Okay, I'm with you on Braun Bubs. Not too much of a conversation here. I like what Kevin Owens is doing, but this is going to be the Braun Strowman show for the rest of this year because I'm not getting Rusev year just yet. So I need to find it elsewhere. Okay. So, yes. So Braun Strowman. Now, we, you already alluded to this earlier. We're going to move on quickly here to the WWE SmackDown Tag Team Championships, the Bludgeon Brothers versus whomever. Now, I can't check just quite yet who won the match, but they're either facing the New Day or the Bar. So you're going Bludgeon Brothers. This is easy. Yeah, I'm going Bludgeon Brothers. This this title reign uh, should last a while. It's going to last a while. And, I, you know, if they don't win, I'll be very disappointed. I am um, I'm glad we're agreeing on some stuff tonight, Bubs, because we got some differences going on early. Bludgeon Brothers as well. I, I'd hope it's the bar. I'm not going to look just yet. We'll look later, and we'll talk about this individually off the show. But give me the Bludgeon Brothers as well for that win. Now, interesting point. I was going to make this earlier when I brought up Rusev and uh, Almas. The Raw Tag Team titles are not on here yet as well, but they likely will be defended coming up on the Raw, the, the Go Home show, and we'll talk about them being added next week. So... Um, the B team. Are you okay with the B team as tag team champions so far? How do you feel about them? I, I like the B team. I'm, I'm a fan of their antics. I love the silliness of them. There needs to be some lightheartedness, some silliness in wrestling. A lot of times wrestling just takes itself too seriously sometimes. Okay. So I'm a fan of the B team. Um, I don't think this title reign lasts a long time or very long. Um, but I'm a fan because I'm a big. I've always been a Bo Dallas fan since he was NXT champ. He was doing great yes. things back then. Fair point, and uh, we know the lineage of uh, his tag team partner having a perfect father. So hopefully that can continue in his career. Are you okay if they turn that match there with the, with um, the B team, the Revival, and Hardy and Wyatt into a triple threat match early on in the program? Are you okay with that match if that happens? Not really, you why, know. Why is that? Because we, I think we know the should... revival need a bit of a push, right? They're they're good. They've shown yes. that they're good. But this this is a great way to kind of get heat on the revival. Have them beat a team that the fans are behind, mm-hmm. and not only beat them but hurt them, take those titles away from them, and now you've got credible champions on your hands. I would like to see them with titles to see where they can develop because they did amazing stuff in NXT. We love their throwback style, Bubs. We've we've talked about them at length before. 
So I would like to see them eventually win these titles. I don't know what SummerSlam will show for them, but that's likely the case is a triple threat match because hard. yes, and and the revival are so good. Uh, I've seen them live, and they it it feels real when they're out there. I like it. I hope they can do some stuff, Bub. So let's move on from that. Yes. Let's talk Universal. Excuse me, Universal. Not yet. We're not talking that yet. United States Championship, Bub. Shinsuke, your U.S. champion, against Jeff Hardy. And, I mean, let's. I mean, Randy Orton's in this conversation is too. So what does Randy Orton do in this match that's actually a singles match between Shinsuke and Jeff Hardy here? Are we going to see him run out and do some stuff? I mean, Randy Orton as a heel is one of those things that you, you don't know what's going to happen. And he's great now, at it. Obviously, yes. Now, he's he's currently feuding with Jeff Hardy. Now, could he screw over Shinsuke mm. to let Jeff Hardy win so he can then go after Jeff Hardy for the title? I mean, there's so many different different odds and ends here, especially with Randy Orton involved. You know, you just don't know. That's what's so great about his heel character. Right. Um, so I have no idea what's going to happen. I do think Shinsuke is going to win this match. I'm with you on that. Jeff Hardy is at the point in his career right now where he may be needing surgery and or just random time off to start protecting his his back, shoulders, lower back, all kinds of stuff. So I can't see him taking the title back here. But the Randy Orton piece is the most interesting piece. So the simple thing is to just get him to DQ in some way, just get involved in the match. But I'm not so much invested in this match as I thought I would be because Randy Orton has taken attention away from this because of his his heel character now coming back, as it always has been, very good, Bubs. Yeah, I think that Randy Orton is infinitely more interesting now. Uh, before, as a babyface, I just couldn't care less. I, I never could care less for Randy Orton as a as a babyface, but as a heel, he becomes almost must see TV. He does. The guy is great stuff. So we'll see what happens with there. I'm going Shinsuke, Bubs, if you would write me down for Shinsuke as well. I'm in on that for the uh, the defense of the title there. And now Good. things start to pick up a little bit, Bubs. You and I are going to love this this Dolph Ziggler versus Rollins once again here for the Intercontinental Championship. Last time we saw them go one-on-one, the match was shit on by the fans. This won't happen because it won't main event. But this is another chance here where Seth Rollins is... The, the crowd eats him up. The crowd loves him. He's the best thing going, really. So can he finally win and get the title back? But then again, there's Drew McIntyre hanging around. Once again, outside interference of potential here. I, I This is one of those things where it's like I don't know where WWE stands on this. We know, are they going to pull the trigger now on... Dolphin Drew breaking up. Is it too early to do that? Or, you know, what's kind of the deal here? You know, clearly McIntyre is the bigger star of the group. And so same as with Shawn Michaels and, and Diesel, there came a time when Diesel well, Diesel had to become a babyface because the fans were just getting behind him. You know, there's gonna have to come a time when he, now is this the question, is Drew McIntyre going to be Diesel or Psycho Sid? You know, will he oh. use this to become... No, I'm not saying skill-wise. Okay. I'm saying, does he use this to become uh, the top babyface, or does he use this to become the top heel? Okay. I don't know where we're going. We Every fan that cares deeply about wrestling is 
waiting for Drew McIntyre. We're sitting here playing into his heel character. We're, we're going along with it because we're just biding time, right? We're thinking mm-hmm. eventually something has to happen. Maybe the simple storyline of him turning on Dolph and allowing Rollins to win or something like that, something as a face turn. At this point, we're just waiting for something to happen. I don't know if it happens here, though, because we have to think if Rollins loses this, he's no longer in contention for the IC title. That doesn't mean he's not in contention for the Universal title, and we really all want that, right? So I'm almost thinking that in some shape or form, Ziggler still retains the the feud will slowly begin between Ziggler and McIntyre to where McIntyre can start to hold that IC title and work his way up towards that main uh, top card spot. But Rollins should be moving up after this loss into the upper card, even though that doesn't make sense if he, after he loses. But uh, that's kind of what I'm seeing, Bubs. Well, this is WWE booking we're talking about, and it, it doesn't usually make sense. Yeah. Uh, what's going to happen is that there's going to be... Dolph's going to slowly become more and more arrogant and cocky, and he's going to get to the point where he's going to say, talk about how he doesn't need McIntyre anymore, how basically he's making McIntyre into a star. And that's when you're going to get the turn, because McIntyre's then going to become a babyface, because he's kind of taking this, the fans are already behind him, uh, he's going to be taking this, you know, stupid abuse from, from Ziggler that makes no sense Fans are just going to be begging to shut Ziggler up. And so he's going to go ahead and do that for them. And then he becomes the the baby face. But I'm, I'm going to go ahead and make my prediction and say that Ziggler retains. I'm with you on that as well. Even though SummerSlam is a major event, we, we'd like to see some big things happen. I don't think it's time for that. I want Rollins to lose here, move on from that IC title picture, and uh, hopefully we'll get something with Ziggler McIntyre going forward. So I'm with you as well, Bob. Yes, I agree. Now... Let's talk about something I truly don't care too much about, but you might. Carmella, she's going to defend her SmackDown Women's title in a triple threat match against Becky and Charlotte Flair. They teamed up tonight on SmackDown, and they won. They beat Billy Kay. So, what? Do you care? I I cared more when it was Carmella versus Becky Lynch. So, Charlotte the comes addition... back and she gets added to it, and you don't like it. Charlotte getting added to the match takes it away from me because this was going to be Becky Lynch's time to shine, but WWE can't allow that to happen, and they they have to put Charlotte in that spotlight, and it takes all of the shine now off of Becky Lynch, who deserves the spotlight. She has deserved the spotlight in every show that we have talked about with her because whatever match she's going into, you and I pick her because we think it's got to be Becky time, right? It's got to be Becky time. Charlotte Flair adds the star power that Becky does not have into this match, that Carmella does not have into this match, but it did seem a little bit unnecessary because we would all be rooting for Becky. People would care about this match because we'd be so much ready for for Becky to go over here and, and beat Carmella. But now we have to think of the potential of one of them turning heel, one of them going against each other, them causing each other to lose. It's I think it's a bit unnecessary storyline-wise and match-wise because no one's behind Carmella, I'm. I've been over her title range. Yeah, right I'm now. not a fan of how this. I'm not a fan of how this has transpired. And honestly, I'm gonna go ahead and say that. God, just, I'm gonna say Carmella go ahead, goes ahead and retains, just because the way she's been booked lately, she's been winning when when you don't 
expect her to win. And you know, with this being a triple threat now, I guess that maybe that's their way of you know giving her a win without hurting you know Becky Lynch in the process or Charlotte in the process. So okay. uh, let's go ahead. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that that's how they get Carmelo a win. Okay, I'm gonna agree with you on the selection. My my thought process is a little different. So put me down for Carmelo, but real quick. I have to think that either Charlotte or or Becky, they start attacking each other, maybe in the concept of wanting them turning actually heel. Becky heel, I would not quite like yet. I would prefer it to be Charlotte, but there has to be a feud between those two going forward, I think. So the safe bet is Carmella here. Unfortunately, I don't like that, but I'm with you as well, Bub. So put me down, all right? Uh, okay, I got you. All right, now, is she the biggest draw in WWE, Bubs? Ronda Rousey. I asked that question because... There's been three separate posts on the internet and a couple tweets today that said, hey, is Ronda Rousey the biggest draw in all of WWE? What do you think about that? Huh. That, that is interesting to think about, but I'm going to go ahead and say no. I don't think she's the biggest draw. Um, I, I think she is a draw. I don't think she is a, a major draw. I don't think people are you know, turning over in droves to, to see Ronda Rousey because the ratings would reflect that. Right. Um, but they just don't. But I do think that once she is a draw, she's a she's a much she's the biggest women's draw for sure. Um, and I think that she is has well exceeded expectations. Okay. And not to make this conversation any longer than it really should be, but is it okay and I know you're going to say this is WWE booking, but let's kind of make it a little beyond that. Is it okay that Ronda's getting a women's championship match here already in her career at SummerSlam? Yes, absolutely, okay. because that's pre- precedence has been set that people can can come in and with enough star power, you just propel them straight to the top. Okay. And she's Ronda Rousey, right? I think that's the that's the easy answer. Yeah, exactly. She, she, she she's got the she's got the skill set and the legitimacy legitimacy must uh, wow much like Brock Lesnar, uh, but she, she's got a little more passion than Brock Lesnar. Sure. Uh, it seems, but they're they're kind of built from the same or cut from the same cloth, and those kinds of individuals just. You, you throw money at them, and you throw them to the top. Okay, bub. So Alexa, we, we've liked her. She's continually getting better. Ring work and her promos are very good. As a heel, she works you know, ideally in this situation as well. But is it time for Ronda? Is, are we going to put the belt on her early on, run with her through the rest of the year here on Raw? No, I, I think Alexa Bliss wins. I think someone, someone you know, causes the distraction. Someone causes... Rousey to lose, whether it's Natalia turning heel on her or whatever it is, but I think Alexa, Alexa Bliss retains. Okay. Because you kind of need that bad blood going into uh, evolution. I, I guess we do need to start already booking that because we're getting very close to it, so we want some legitimate feuds. That's the only reason. Damn it, I hate that I have to agree with you because I want someone to interrupt. I want Natalia to, to turn on Rousey even though I'm tired of her going back and forth as a face and heel. And I don't want to say that it's too soon that Ronda holds the belt because if she beats Bliss, I'm okay with that. More people will tune in. But for the sake of us continuing a storyline, 
to making it even deeper and better maybe between her and Bliss. I also want Bliss to win here, Bubs. And just to update everybody, due to our distant connection between Kenny and I, we have lost some connection. We had a lot of thunderstorms rolling in today on the area. So we have lost connection for our recording purposes. So I'm just going to finish up real quick. We did have the top of the card here to finish, the two biggest matches of the card, that being AJ Styles versus Samoa Joe for the WWE Championship. Ken is going to out on a limb just a bit. He's going to take Samoa Joe in a bit of an upset. You'll have to look for his his tweets and his comments on there as well for his justification for that. But he's going a bit of bit aggressive with that one as I uh, as I see it. I'm going to take AJ Styles. I'll be on the opposite side of that. Should be a great match nonetheless. They've had a great feud. I mean, several times over the past 10-15 years, uh, including Impact, like we had talked about earlier. So there's an upset for you there if that happens. And then also, of course, Brock versus Roman. This has a lot going into it. A lot of people don't necessarily care about the feud anymore. I would like the feud to be over as well, but they have, I think, done a pretty good job of getting us to care a little bit more about it. The casual fan is also starting to cheer Roman Reigns more during the live shows than, I think, anticipated by some of us as well. And you add in somebody like a Paul Heyman into the mix of possibly turning. He's, he had a great interview last night on Monday Night Raw where he looked disheveled, you know, unshaven, bloodshot eyes type thing where he said that, you know, this Brock is a Brock that he's never seen before type of thing. And he certainly picks Brock, Brock to beat Roman in that match. So for this one, uh, Ken was obviously going to take Brock in this one, and so am I. I think that it's been a lot of misdirection. I think that it's simply not going to happen as far as Roman beating Brock. And if that's going to be your main event, a crowd like Brooklyn is far different from a crowd like a Jacksonville, Florida, where they are going to boo Roman Reigns. And even though we've seen a lot of heelish stuff from Brock, he's still going to get a good cheer. So I don't know how it's going to happen. Uh, Ken and I are both going to put out some tweets talking about how we see that playing out. But uh, I'm also going to pick Brock in that as well as, as, it, as it should be seen as a bit of an upset because it looks on paper and looks through you know the, he, the heelish stuff that he's done and through the storyline that Roman will finally capitalize on this and beat Brock. But I don't see that happening. So look, look for that to happen. We'll obviously be pretty... Um, live on Twitter when that happens, especially for SummerSlam that Sunday coming up. But that is going to do it for the show. appreciate everybody listening. If you are listening today, we are the Collar and Elbow Wrestling Podcast. Uh, Ken is out for the rest of the night, so I'm going to finish it up here. Uh, download us. If you're listening now, you're obviously downloading on either iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. We're still going to be there as well. Just search Collar and Elbow Wrestling on any of those f- platforms. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. C-A-E Wrestling for Twitter. Search Collar and Elbow Wrestling on Facebook. Search for us on Instagram as well. We're going to be posting some pictures as well for this upcoming SummerSlam card and the NXT card. We won't get into the NXT card tonight like we did have planned. That should steal the weekend as it does every weekend. You know we're big fans of the Velveteen Dream. That triple threat match is going to be hot stuff, so look forward to that as well. But thanks for joining us here tonight. Follow us on social media. Give us a like, give us a subscribe, all that stuff. Appreciate you guys listening.